We're going to start on 28b, uh, three lines from the bottom. And we had an argument between Rebbe Shmuel and Rebbe Kiva. And um, the argument had to do with the verses that were listed by the Sota. And uh, the question is, before she blows up, uh, what becomes forbidden? In other words, it says she defiled herself. Now that means even if she didn't do it, because she did do it. She, uh, she had kinu in stira. She was warned not to be alone with a, a person who was uh, not her husband. And uh, she ignored the warning and was secluded with that person. And she was alone a, a long enough time to have actually become fully defiled. But uh, there, the change of status at that, the Torah says she's defiled. She has what's called tuma at that point. So... Uh, before she drinks, what does that affect exactly? So uh, it affects a, a number of things, whether or not, first of all, whether she's forbidden to the husband, that she's now forbidden to the boyfriend. Uh, those were both. Uh, and then we, the questions we had was, um, can, uh, let's say the husband drops dead. You know, he has a heart attack through all this. And uh, so can she marry now another Kohen? Did she become ineligible for a Kohen? She's a woman who made some bad decisions, but we don't know how bad. But did she become, it's a questionable woman, is she Kohen eligible? And what about Truma? So these are all the questions that are, uh, that are in between Rev Yishmol and Rev Kiva right now. In other words, this zona, which the Torah says has Tuma, and we have multiple verses, which means there'll be multiple effects. So the question is, how do we understand them over here? So the first problem the Gemara has is Rabbi Shmuel, Omer Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shmuel was arguing Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva just talked about truma, uh, that she shouldn't eat truma. Now, eating truma means that your body is holy, that you are uh, either uh, you're a Bas Kohen or your, your husband is a Kohen, and you have Kedushas Kahuna. Now, being a Kohen means that you can be a messenger for God that you can eat this food as if Hashem is eating it. That's a very lofty idea, but if a woman used her body for an inappropriate relationship, she would lose that. So uh, Rabbi Kiva just talked about eating truma. Now, the interesting thing is that if, if it turns out that she uh, um, drinks and becomes clear, it's, uh, then she's like purified, and then she can go back to eating truma, and she can go back to her husband and everything like that. But, but meanwhile... Uh, Rabbi Kiva talked about her not eating truma, and uh, Rabbi Shmuel threw in kahuna, whether she could marry a Kohen. And she's not even divorced yet. So how are we talking about, and if she's divorced, she for sure can't marry a Kohen. So how did, he, how did we switch the subject in his argument with Rev? How did we go, how did the kahuna get thrown in there if all he talked about was truma? That's question number one. Vesula Rabbi Kiva kahuna minole. And how did he know that? that she's no longer Kohen eligible. Maybe Kahuna was obvious. Uh, now, this is one of the challenges we're going to have, uh, which is you can learn out something from a Pusik or you can deduce it. That means use logic. Typically, it means Kalvachomer, that it, uh, you interpret, you see something stricter and you use something more lenient. And we're going to have a bunch of arguments whether you learn something out from a Pasuk or whether it's deduced. The problem with deducing it is somebody might not agree. Is that the right word, deducing? It sounds funny. But uh, 
to be, you know, any means of drush, no? Correct, any means of drush, right. You, you've uh, darshaned it. But uh, somebody else could come along and find a problem with your logic or ask a question that you didn't think to ask. And then all of a sudden that halacha is going to fall to the side. Whereas if you have a pusik, that's it. You're, you're, you're home free, the pusik says so. So that's, that's the, going to be the whole tension today. Today we're, 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 uh, we're going to go through the drushes, but is it, are certain things deduced or are they learned from a pusik? So maybe you want to say that kahuna, we don't need a pusik. Why? As we turn to today's page. Uh, the rule is um, that the Torah is telling you that even though we don't know if she did it, the Torah is telling you she's like someone who did it. It's like a straying woman. Uh, that's what the Torah did. Um, that, and again, that's because the Torah calls her Tame, it says over here, even though it really means it's a suffix. So, Trumanami. If that's true, uh, that's, the, that's how we know it. It's not really from a Pusik. It's just, uh, it, it's obvious. Cause it, so, truma nami loti boikra. You shouldn't need a Pusik for truma either. It, it would be the same thing, basically. Maybe that's what we mean. Um, if she's not Kohen eligible, she's not truma eligible. That, that's, that goes hand in hand. So, the Gemara at first, uh, was um, was wondering how we switch from truma to kahuna, and we're saying that once you get over the fact that we don't know for sure that she defiled herself, but we still treat it as if she did. So uh, once you say she's defiled, so then um, uh, you you see from here that that would affect truma and that would affect um, uh, uh, kahuna as well. Let's see the top rashi. truma nami loti boy. So if it's true that you know that we treat it like it's contaminated, it's like she's defiled, so for truma also. And we would learn from there, the Torah makes sota, second line from the top in Rashi, suffix zona kavade zona. We don't know if she committed adultery, but we treat it like she did. And with truma, we know the halacha is a woman who's considered a zona is forbidden to truma. Uh, if a woman has relations with somebody who's a stranger to her, a stranger meaning not appropriate for her, uh, that if a woman is considered a zona, she gave her body to someone who isn't supposed to uh, be having relations with her, so she can't eat truma. So what do you mean? The guy she had relations with might have been a very holy Jew. <laughs> but there's no greater unholiness than a married woman uh, being um, uh, available for a man besides her husband. That's, that's the Rashi throws in that over here. That's, uh, he says, the, the question here is typically the zona was if somebody had relations with a non-Jew or uh, they, they had incest or they did, they, she used her body for somebody who's, uh, you know, who's, who's totally forbidden. But there's nothing more forbidden when a person is supposed to be married, and they don't. Okay. Um, let's continue on Rashi. Anything that will make her invalid. Um, and according to Rebbe Kiva, these are people that you couldn't marry, that you're not allowed to marry. According to Rebbe Kiva, you can't marry anybody who's invalid. 
It doesn't mean necessarily if she has to marry such a person, but even if she had relations with them, she would lose the right to eat trumo or marry a Kohen. Okay, uh, so that part of the question that the Gemara raised, we could, once we've established that even a, a questionable impurity, the Torah treats it like a vada, and we've said the logic because she, she, even though she may not have committed adultery, she did do something wrong over here. She defiled herself, she shouldn't have been alone. But, so, but the, uh, so the, what do we do with all the verses? El Revi Kiva, what, what exactly are they arguing in? Uh, so what is the biblical arguments? El Revi Kiva Arbacruxi. There's four verses altogether. Chad Lebal, one is she can't go back to her husband. Chad Lebal, one she can't go to her boyfriend. V'chad Lekuna, V'chad Lechuma, one for each. Revi Shmuel, there's three psukim. Chad Lebal, V'chad Leboil, V'chad Lechuma. Um, and why doesn't he use, how does he know kahuna? But kahuna, asi b'chavachomer. And kahuna, he'll, he'll deduce that, as we said. Rabbi Yishmuel, mamayda itzukral l'chuma v'kahuna. So the question, though, is if it can be deduced, why would he use the pasuk for that? Let's, let, let's learn that from logic, and the pasuk will be available to teach us something else. Uh, the, so the question is, why doesn't he, he doesn't argue on the logic, so... According to Rabbi Shmuel, it's called the Truma Vakuna, Asi Bakavachomar. Why don't we uh, deduce it? So the Mur says, Delmaki, it's a Kluna Vitruma Sharia. Maybe uh, the Pasuk is needed for a Kohen, she can't marry a Kohen, but maybe she could be Truma. How would we know to say, uh, how would we know to say that Truma is forbidden? Amalach Mistavra. It's logical that uh, we would have known that. Why? Dumia de Balubo. Similar to the uh, the rules about her husband and the boyfriend, my balubo mechaim, just like um, the uh, when we talk about something affecting her, we're talking about a live husband or a live boyfriend. Those are things that exist now. and this is also something that would go into effect immediately. Lafuke kahuna, in order to deal with kahuna, somebody's got to die. Because if she gets divorced, if her husband divorces her, she can't marry a Kohen. That, that case of kahuna is if her husband drops dead, a widow of a Kohen who is, can marry another Kohen. And, uh, but so you have to have something happen. And so since we're in really that verse, the other things that we're talking about were things that well, did, didn't have an action. Nobody dropped dead in between. So therefore, uh, it makes sense that we aren't necessarily uh, referring to kahuna. And why uh, and Rebbe Kiva? How um, doesn't he agree with that? That's very logical. That again, so we have a few verses that uh, defined for us what defiling means. And our question was: Do uh, how many of them do we use for these d- different definitions, and how many are extra? And we said, well, wh- how do we know she can't marry a Kohen if her husband died? So the first view is that these verses were talking about things that are she's defiled right now, immediately. It's similar to the first two. That's what uh, Rebbe Shmuel says. For Rebbe Kiva, so why doesn't Rebbe Kiva agree to that? Why does he learn that it's referring to something that happens later after her husband drops dead or she wants to remarry, she can't marry another Kohen? The answer is, do me the bow. Now, by the way, if the husband drops dead, she'll never be able to clear herself because um, there's no one to take her for the drink. Right? So that's the... So she's forever, you know, never going to marry a Kohen, never going to eat Truma. So uh, for uh, Rebbe Kiva, do me the bow boiler. He doesn't necessarily have to agree to that. What? You don't say the base thing. You said base thing many times you bring a woman. 
not to drink, but but to warn her. That, that's what we had. Basin can't take her to drink. They can't. Uh, that's the. Uh, she's got to have a husband uh, husband there for the drink. The question was if Basin warned her, and then the hu- husband got out of jail. So then the husband could say, but if there's no husband, there's no drink. So if the husband, uh, if there's no husband around, then she's never going to be able to prove uh, that what uh, that she wasn't fully defiled. Okay. Or, so that's one reason why Rebbe Kiva, he doesn't necessarily have to agree to accept that we're only dealing with things that are immediate. He could learn that, no, we're referring to all future things. Or, inami, isle milsedasi bekava Even though we could have deduced it, there are many things that are obvious that the Torah writes anyways. That's a famous concept that just because you could figure it out doesn't mean the Torah is not going to write it. Uh, something that could have been deduced, still sometimes the Torah bothers writing it. We don't, we don't leave everything that up to deduction. Okay. Um, now we go back to another thing that we mentioned before, is that we learn out from Sota the laws of Tumah. Uh, and uh, we look really suffolk Tumah. When we're not sure, we treated her like we were Tame. But then we added qualifications. It's got to be similar to the case of Sota. We tried to go into the case of the dead creepy. The person was in the subway. He's not sure whether he touched it or not, or he stepped over it, or he stepped in it. It's a suffix tumor. And uh, so we added two qualifications of sota. One is, sota is very different because there's people here who you could talk to. There's a him and there's a her, and somebody knows what happened. There's yeshbo das lishol. So it could be this particular type of tumba is only in a case where there's das lishol. And also, sota took place in a private setting. Uh, that's uh, something happened behind closed doors, right? Whereas, so uh, this, uh, this wouldn't speak to what we call tumba vrushu sarat. Those were the two things. So, amrav gido amrav lishbo, So we actually said, uh, we, we, we had quoted this earlier from sota. So uh, Rav Gittel is not disagreeing, but he has a different source for these rules of Das Lishol. And, and the truth is you almost need to, because would we have figured that out, that those were the two factors that differentiate between Sota and other Tumas, the, whether you can ask one of the parties. Is there a difference between somebody who knows and doesn't know or in a case where there's no way to prove? Or in, and is there a difference if it's in public or private? So he says, Omrev... Um, he learns it from a different source. And again, it's just it's something we said before from Sota. He learns it from a different source. It's a pasuk like this. Uh, it says, uh, if the food was touched by uh, something tame. It's very common in, in a slaughterhouse that you'll have a carcass. You'll have one animal that wasn't slaughtered properly. Or if it touches something in tame, uh, touches that you shouldn't eat it. Vade This implies it's only if you're sure that it got contaminated you can't. That implies if you're not sure, you don't always say suffolk lechumah. But but then look at the next part. If you're sure it's tahor, you could eat it. Basar vade but if you're not sure, if, you, if you're not sure, don't eat it. So, uh, so we've got a big contradiction here. When we're in doubt, are we strict or are we chilled? So what do we do? So the Gemara says, it must be two different cases. 
some cases, if uh, there is uh, somebody to ask and you're in doubt, if there's a way to get to the bottom of it and you're in doubt, uh, then you have to say it's forbidden until, unless you find out. But if it's something that there's no way to know, uh, then we say Suffolk Lakula. Just, uh, so that's a different source than Sota. Why do we need a different source? We, we're fine with ours. The Itzrik, the Rev Gido, the Itzrik, uh, Rav. We need both. Itzrik, I'm sorry, the Itzrik, the Rev Gido, Rav. We need Rev Gido, Rav. It's a Mimra Sota. We need both. So again, there's a, there's a, Sota is a concept of a woman who might have defiled herself. We have to treat her as Tameh unless, until we find out more. And the question was, is that a source uh, to learn out to other cases of Suffolk Tumah? And we said that only when there's Das Lisho, <coughs> similar to Sota, where there's somebody to ask, but it's a totally different case where you, n- nobody really knows what happened. So, uh, and we, we brought a, uh, a, another source besides Sota from the case over here about the meat that was found in the field and you don't know what it touched. So our question was, why would we need two sources? So the words have explained we need both. Why? If we only had a Rav, I wouldn't know, is there a difference public and private? So we need Sota, Sota, that this which we're strict is only when it happened in a very private place. You could see in public places, you're almost always going to have a Suffolk Tumah. You know, the, we had before that, say it, don't spray it, that if you have one person in the street who's got some kind of plague, you know, a, a, a very a sick homeless person or whatever, or a, uh, and he spritzes when he talks. You know, people walk through the streets. It's very easy to become tummy. Um, there were mishnayos about the people that wanted to be careful with carbonos would like stick to the side of the road, not get too close, keep social distance. You know, because uh, that that's the whole thing about about the mask, and that is that you get close to a person, there's the particles are in the air, right? So that's the uh, uh, so. Um, it's very difficult in public, and so it, I'm just saying a logic, but it, in the end of the day, we're saying that Suffolk Tumah B'Rishus HaRabim were not strict. But if something happened in a private place, in a private house, you know, then we are strict. And again, that was the reason that we're strict with her, is what business did she have being in that hotel room with this guy, you know, or, the, or letting him into her house when no one else was home, right? The im is Sota, and if we learn from Sota, Hamanika das Noga Umagia. Over there, they both know what was going on. But maybe you need both, so therefore, Shvika. Um, okay, the bottom line is we need both of them, uh, both Sota and this other teaching, to fill in the blanks about these various laws of Tumah. So uh, then we continue on. Now we get uh, to the next subject that they discussed on Boba Yom, nothing to do with Sota. Okay. Yeah, it's just another source for the same halacha. Uh, in other words, uh, it's right. We with Sota was one source that was yesterday, and then today we brought this other set of psukim from Vayikra about the uh, for a similar halacha. Now we're also going to get to what we talked about yesterday in the Mishnah, which uh, had to do with the various levels. There we were talking about the kicker shlishi. Uh, the, 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 um, the case we had was you found a dead creepy in your earthenware oven. 
And so all of the food inside that oven is contaminated. What do you mean? The dead creepy didn't touch the, uh, the rest of the food. So, by the way, women know that intuitively. They throw, they throw everything out. They, you know, that they're not going to, well, what do you mean? This part is, but men are more likely to say, well, no, just don't eat that part. Eat this part. No, no, I'm not eating that. I'm throwing the whole thing out, right? So we say that the rest of the food, it's even the stuff that's the shaney, the reshone is what directly the, the dead creepy touched. That's the first degree. The, the tuma is the av, is, is the category, the, the father that causes it. That what it touched is the reshone. The rest of the things are secondary, shaney. The question we had is what if you took some of that food and you, you touched it to some other food? So do, do we go shlishi? Do, how strict are we? If by mistake, he didn't realize, you know, that there was, a, there was the, dead, the, dead, the dead lizard or whatever was, was with this food that you took and put with your other food. So we said that, uh, we learned out that that, uh, that was the discussion about what we call the shlishi, the third, the third degree. So let's see the Gemara. That, that was by the earth. Um, the, the question really was, we said a very fascinating thing that, that uh, the, his Rebbe, who lived years before, was worried that somebody might make a mistake and think you could keep that food that touched the other food that was in the oven with the dead lizard and wouldn't know that you have this shlishi, that it's a food contaminates even, even the food that was secondary together with the third. And he was worried about that because he was convinced that that was the halacha, but he couldn't prove it. And then Rebbe Kiva found that yud to say yitma, that it, it will, it, it's not only impure, but if you notice the yud, that could be interpreted to mean it will make other things impure. So he praised Rebbe Kiva. He said, wow, if we can only dig up your Rebbe and tell him to pull the dirt off his eyes, he'll be so thrilled to know that his student proved what he was worried about being overturned. Now, why was he worried? If he couldn't prove it, how did he know it was true? In other words, we made a point of he was absolutely sure that Shlishi was Tameh, but he couldn't prove it. The Haggadah is like that. You know, it was Rebbe Lozab and Azari said, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't Zorcha to prove it, but he implied he knew it was true. He just, um, the, there we said, Achidorsha Rebbe Lozab and Azari, until Rebbe Lozab and Azari. Sometimes you know, the question though is, how do you know it's true if you can't prove it? If you can't prove it, it's not true. So that's really our question here. If he didn't have that proof, what right did he have to say? I know it's Tameh. If you don't prove it, it doesn't exist. You're right. He didn't have a Torah proof that the, three, the third degree of Tumah, that the, the food that was together with the dead lizard in the oven, if you put it with other food, it'll contaminate. He didn't have that up to three ways the tumma spreads. He right. Only Revi Kiva came a generation later and proved it from the Yud. But 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 logically, he did have a proof. So logic told him it was true, but sometimes you want more than logic. And again, there has to be an awareness. What we see as logical, other people might not see as logical. Um, in our time, with all of the, the woke kind of stuff, and they're knocking down the statues, and the, there are things that people in other generations thought about that today we're like totally remaking, has to be totally redone, and totally looking at them in different ways. Uh, um, most people feel it's wrong to try to pretend that we can go back and review, uh, but 
the, uh, the, the reality is, is that what you see one way, other generations might have a different way of looking at it. So if all you have is logic, your logic, some people, they, they might use a different logic. You know, so uh, and it could be overturned. Whereas if you had the Pusik, the Torah can't be overturned. The Torah is eternity. You know, our logic, we know that other people might think differently than we're thinking today. Maybe, maybe we're making a mistake. So at any rate, so that's the Gemara's answer. That trying to understand what was going on over his Rebbe understood logically it was true, but was always worried that somebody may disprove him. And um, we like our logic. You know, we fight for our logic. We, you know, what we see as truth, we, uh, we try very hard, you know, to, to uh, convince other people. So uh, the Gemara says, now the Gemara wants to know what was that logic. So now we'll go into the world of Tuma to get the logic. Where it gets complicated is you kind of need to know these various types of Tumah that exist out there and how they spread. And really, that's a, that's a whole area of Mishnah that you have to spend a lot of time on to know. One of the things is called somebody who uh, has gone to the mikvah and removed the Tumah, but he needs time. I always thought that was a great lesson. There's some things that you just have to wait. You know, you just have to... He's done everything. He's the, he, got, he got the spritz, he went to the mikvah, he no longer has, he might have counted seven days and got the shave, and that, but in the end of the day, he went to the mikvah at the day he needs the sun to set. You need to, time needs to go by before things, things need to set. So he's called the Tvul Yom. So the Tvul Yom, but on the other hand, he doesn't have active Tumah, he's, he, he's pure. The Tvul Yom, Shemotr Bechul and Pastor Betruma, for Truma, it's invalid if he touches it. Kikr Sheni, the second degree of this bread, certainly, So he's saying, logically, we would think uh, that it goes up to three levels, that the, the impurity spreads. So the Gemara says, well, if that was the logic, I could ask you questions. Tful Yom is a type of Tuma itself. He's not purified yet. So uh, that's, that's not, it's not removed so, uh, the, so what, why did, what did he mean logically, I would know, about Tumah spreading three times? If we're talking about Tvul Yom, Tvul Yom, it's, uh, it's not a big wonder because it's an Av Tumah. Um, there is a Rashi here, Shukain Av Tumah. Let's see that last Rashi. Um, Shukain Av Tumah. Yeah. He go Tame Mes Ozav, let's say... Uh, he originally had come in contact with the dead, or he had an issue, or he was a mitzora. Uh, they their tumma is like a direct tumma. So as long as it hasn't been removed, it's still a very uh, strong uh, strong level. There is also an important Rashi that I uh, that's why I paused, but I, I wanted to do I should have done earlier. The the question always well um, well let, let's let's leave it and see if somebody asks it, then we'll come back and say that was Rashi on the previous page. That has to do with Dayov, if you know what that is. Uh, whether you can, when we use logic, how far can we expand the logic, or are we very limited in our logic? But anyway, so Lemura said we can't really learn out from that case because uh, that's talking about a direct form of Tuma. Even though we thought he's all purified, that's just an illusion. It, uh, it, at the end of the day, until nightfall, he's still Tumma. So tasting, Lemura says, Mitzvul Yom Desheretz. Well, what about the Tvul Yom of a Sheretz, where he's not a direct Tumah? So my Tvul Yom de Sheretz, um, you see by the Tvul Yom of a Sheretz, Shekain Bemino Ava Tumah. 
even though he's there's basically not all tful yomas are created equal. <laughs> That's the the tful yom is somebody that in the purification process and at night he'll be eligible to be pure, but there are some people that had a minor impurity and there's some people that had a major impurity. And so our, our question is to learn from there that you have these three levels, very difficult. Because even if our man is only, all, all he touched was a dead creepy, he wasn't a leper. <laughs> he wasn't a mitzora. He wasn't a zav. He didn't have an issue. His body wasn't flowing. He just happened to touch a dead creepy, which is much less. But in that category, you have an abatuma. So Morris said, klicheres yochiach. Well, you see by the earthenware vessel that uh, it doesn't differentiate. The rule is if you have a, um, something hanging in the middle of the oven, um, a piece of meat, even if it's not touching the walls of the oven, it's touching the food, but it's not touching the walls. So it's, uh, some things you have to touch to get tuma, and some things can become tame from the air. So the klicheres were unusually strict, even if it's in the air, the oven, that's Maviros. The more said, but Tfuyom, you see, not like that. And you have these two things together the Tfuyom and the Klicheris. They're not exactly the same. Uh, each one is slightly different, but what do they have in common? Uh, they are permitted with Hulin, but with Truma, we're extra strict. Certainly, that you should have these three levels that the kikusheni, the, the, uh, the secondary loaf of bread, the bread that was in the oven that had the dead creepy, should uh, make the truma, should spread the tumma for truma. Vidor uh, Akhapar, so then the Mora said he was afraid a future generation might knock down his logic. So what was he afraid they would argue with? They, yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about Rebbe Kiva. So the Morris said, uh, Rebbe Kiva was the one that found the proof to um, the uh, Rebbe Yeshua, actually. Rebbe Yeshua, Rebbe Yochan ben Zakkai. Yeah, Rebbe Yochan ben Zakkai taught it, and Rebbe Kiva found the proof. And so we're trying to figure out what Rebbe Yochan ben Zakkai, what, how was he sure he was correct, and why was he afraid he'd be overturned? And, and then we said, Rebbe Kiva later on found him a proof. So the Gemara says, The future generation might have asked, And the things that you're learning from, Each one of them, even though um, the Klicheres is different than the Tvul Yom, each one of them has one way in which they're strict, even though it's a different way. So then, uh, so if that's true, so what was his logic? He, he doesn't learn, that's a question. Uh, when you have two things, and each one has something that's stricter than the other, but the other one doesn't have the same strictness, does it cancel each other out or not? That's what's called the sad chamor. Each one, we were putting the two together and saying those two. Uh, so again, the question was, do things travel up to three? In other words, something isn't touching the dead creepy, but it's in the oven at the same time, which is called a shady. And we're saying that if you put it with other things, it transfers the tumah to a shlishi. And our question was, can you prove that we're worried about tumah transferring to the third part? And he said, well, I can't prove it, but I could learn it out from uh, Yom. Uh That's one case where a guy went to the mikvah and there it goes to a shlishi. And I can also prove it from the case of the klicheres, the earthenware vessel, uh, that it goes to shlishi. 
So he says, the Morris says, yeah, but those two have different uh, strictnesses. So the question is, is that a good question or not? Okay. That's only applicable to Truma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Tanya, so now that we mentioned this, the Gemara is going to mention some other halachas in this Truma. Uh, Tanya, Om Rav Yosem and Nine, the Ravi, Bekodesh Shaposla. So once we prove three, let's talk about four. Uh, even though we didn't talk about four until now, but uh, once we, Tuma spreads on certain things. Now, the more holy something is, the more careful you got to be. We know that, like in things that uh, they have companies that are um, uh, food compatible. What do they call that? The, um, there's different rules for things that are for food than things that are chemical. Like uh, there's different regulation. Once something is, uh, is designated as food, uh, so companies have a tricks how they get around this. You know, they don't designate it as food and then, uh, then other people buy it and use it for... But, uh, but something that's for the food chain, obviously the, the rules of how it's handled are stricter and also the rules of how it's inspected. And uh, some the, So the more... Why? Because food is the higher level of... You're actually going to eat that. So you want to make sure that uh, you know, you're not just going to touch it, you're going to eat it. So Kodesh is a higher level, because that's not just food, but that's for something that was in the Beis HaMikdash. So the rule is there, we were even more sensitive, even something that's even further removed, we'll be careful with it to contaminate it. And there we say that you even have a fourth, a fourth step, that's called a revi, one, two, three, four. So, menayin the because how do you know that you go so far? So the more said, did who, it's logical. My mikosinki pouring. If a person was uh, trying to uh, purify himself but hadn't brought his offerings yet, he's missing his, just like the word Yom Kippur, he's missing his atonement. He's got to bring his offerings. He can eat truma even though he didn't fully... Um, a person that has an issue is considered Tameh. And once he's healed, he can purify himself, but he has to bring an offering to, you know, to uh, really you know, because he's, Hashem healed him and uh, he had this terrible sickness. And now he's healed, but he's allowed to eat truma even before he brings the offering. He's not allowed to eat korbanos. If something's not valid for truma, certainly it should, uh, you should go, kodesh certainly should spread even a fourth degree. Uh, and how do you know that three degrees are for kodesh? So that the Torah says, Ravi and the fact that it goes four, we learn that we uh, deduce that. And then how did you know that up to three levels, Shishla Kodesh Minata, where did we get that from? Dixiv, it, it's obvious, it's written. He said, it says, don't eat the meat, Milo Askina even if it was only indirectly touched by a, a secondary level, and So the Torah, you could easily understand the Torah is even saying a second level. And uh, so, um, therefore, at second level makes the third piece tame, and so we will then deduce even the fourth level. Lo yocho revi mikavachomer kedamrin v'omrachmano lo yocho revi the fourth level that we deduce, like we said. So uh, basically, uh, we, we just jumped into the laws of tuma, and we said that for certain sensitive things, the contamination spreads up to four the four things removed. Omer of Yochanan, Tamba Rebbeinu Mahu. He says, I don't understand my Rebbe. His, his Rebbe's nickname was Rebbe. Rebbe. He said, 
I don't, I don't understand my Rebbe, his logic to learn out the fourth level, because I've got a question on that logic. Because there's questions you could ask that knock it out of the ballpark. Uh, what's that? Food that uh, came about uh, that was uh, touched by a Tvul Yom, that's no good for Truma by Kodesh. Some things, basically, Truma and Kodesh are two separate. You can't go from one to the other. They have different rules. And we did. So uh, what, what was Rebbe saying? You can learn out things contaminate up to four parts for Kodesh because uh, we can learn out from Truma. Wait a second. Truma and Kodesh have different criteria. The Tanya, Abishoma, Tvulyom, Tila Kodesh, Litame, Shnaim, Ulpsul Echad. They can, Tuma spreads to twice, but... Uh, uh, when something doesn't uh, spread, it just makes it invalid. Same way it makes truma and, and, and truma food and truma liquid. Basically, we have a debate whether truma and kodesh are the same. Well, how do you know he, he felt they were different? Maybe he learned like Abishol, and if he felt like Abishol, then you, you could learn they're the same. Then he could learn out. And how would he learn out? And you say it spreads up to four Bakodesh, Osirivi, Bakodesh, Shlishi, Machmasheni. Oh boy, we'll get complicated, but you'll have to, we'll get complicated tomorrow. Um, but basically, you have the original source of tumma, that's the av, and the food thing that touches it directly is, the, is first, and then things that touch that are the second. And our question was, does it spread to a third? And by certain things, do we, are we even strict, even the fourth degree removed uh, as far as tumma goes? And our, our question was, are these different levels of Tumah the same? Kodesh and Tvul Yom and Truma. And if we knew that, then we got it all figured out. Okay.